to a Tuesday. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. And joining me now is uh, from uh, the confines of the Second Amendment Foundation is Lee Williams. Good after or good morning, sir. How are you? Thanks for the invite. Yes, sir. Uh, now you live in Florida, right? And recently, in July, you guys had permitless carry go into effect. So now nobody has to go through the state to get a permit now, right? Yeah, or a license down here. There's CWFLs, concealed weapon gotcha. or firearm license. So, um, you have somebody from from New York, from New York City, which every time I think about that, I think about the Pace Picante sauce commercial. But anyway. <laughs> From New York City, you got a guy who has he's he sounded something called the he founded the Stop Permitless Carry in Florida Political Action Committee, and yeah. uh, he he he's done it. Why? Why? I mean, he's in New York. He doesn't have a dog in the fight. Why? Why did he do it? Well, he moved back down here, unfortunately, and he oh. brought his po- politics with him. You know, what do you say to somebody when their health is not helpful? Um, He's a, his name is uh, Chris McClenick. He's a retired Secret Service agent and maybe a lawyer. Um, he came down here and started this pack for law enforcement. He wants to get uh, our unlicensed concealed carry law off the books for law enforcement. Uh, unfortunately for him, law enforcement doesn't want his help. I mean, this bill that was signed by Governor DeSantis and, and took effect in July it was hugely supported by our sheriffs, our chiefs of police, and our rank-and-file officers. They understand the value of having armed citizens. I mean, our my sheriff here in Sarasota County, Kurt Hoffman, who is probably one of the best 2A sheriffs in the country, said, and I quote, I don't need anyone from New York coming down here and telling me how to exercise my constitutional rights. And he couldn't be more right. I mean, he has not seen any uptick, any kind of reaction since the law was implemented that made it so you don't have to obtain a state license to carry a concealed pistol. And he did point out there's a lot more armed citizens out there who would back up his deputies if they're needed. But the interesting thing was this guy wrote a a story for the Palm Beach Post, which is a paper, uh, not as big as as it used to be, but the title bill was Governor DeSantis's gun law for permitless carry violates the U.S. Constitution. Okay, it does not. It doesn't. Um, or, or you know, there'd be a million Democrats trying to get this thing overturned. So I started looking into him. I, I gave Mr. McClinic the type of vetting that the uh, newspaper that ran his story never did. And we found out, yeah, he was an attorney, but he is ineligible to practice law in Florida because he owes the bar money. Um, and he's been his law license has been suspended. <laughs> Since October 3. So he's wrapped Florida. himself in the auspice of calling himself a pack. Yeah. Uh, how, now, you, you, you wrote how much money he's got in on, on hand in the pack. How much money does he have in the pack well, to pursue his has, political ends? He hasn't connected yet with Soros or Bloomberg. He's got uh, $100. Bucks. $100. $100, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's all it takes. If you want to trash our governor or trash guns, Newspaper will give you some expensive real estate on their in their print version. Print edition came out Sunday, and he had a huge, 
huge portion of it on the editorial page. You know, and he said at first it was a nonprofit, then it was a PAC. Um, he claims to have been a, a, a federal prosecutor, although there's he was a special assistant U.S. attorney, not an actual assistant U.S. attorney well, at AUSA. Explain, explain the difference in that, though, because you make the difference in that. What's the difference between those two? Well, uh, SOSA, the special AUSA, um, right now you can go get a job in the District of Columbia for a SOSA, but you're not going to get any pay. They're temp positions that only last a year, and you're going to be handling misdemeanors. And AUSA is an actual federal prosecutor. Um, and the fact that he's Secret Service didn't really go over well. I mean, there are law enforcement aren't always the biggest fans of Secret Service, especially when they got to deal with them during a presidential visit. But, yeah, this guy, your help is unhelpful, bro. Uh, unfortunately, you know, as long as he's willing to bash guns or, or Governor DeSantis, uh, I, I think we're going to hear more from him. And his pack that, you know, has a sum total of 100 bucks. Yeah, but he won't need money. Well, uh, the press will give him all the press he wants for free. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, until until Bloomberg finds out about him. Bloomberg will probably bankroll him. He's, uh, he's going to lobby. He's going to give money to uh, try and get pro-gun uh, lawmakers out of Tallahassee. From what oh, money? <laughs> yeah. Well, evidently, here, here's a buck or two. Yeah. Uh, but he's not a registered lobbyist. Oops. But I think his biggest issue right now is going to be uh, the law license because Florida does not screw around. Um, if, you, if you practice law without a license, without a valid license down here, that's a third-degree felony. That's up, he could look at up to five years in prison, my friend. Hmm. So I'm sure he's going to try and get that restored first. I know I would. And the law down here also requires that he has to notify all of his clients that he may or may not have practiced with a, a law license that was suspended. He's got to do that in writing. So he'll be busy for a while. Does but he yeah. have anybody besides himself in the pack? Does he have? Oh, a... He's got some. He's got some names. Looks like he's got a couple of kids uh, who uh, might be doing his uh, tech work, his computer work. Right. But yeah, I. This guy, I didn't want to write about him, but uh, I mean, the media's given him plenty of room and plenty of space. So we had to. We had to counter what was said. Well, I mean, the the the. The only thing I, I, that's sort of like saying I'm going to go feed the lions in their cage when if you're going to go <laughs> into Florida. Um, I can the only thing I can surmise with this, and we've seen these guys try to do this before, you and I. Some of these guys get out there and they look at they look at uh, the anti gun thing the same way they look at the the green energy or any of these other grifts that are out there. They look at it as a way if they can go out there they they'll get funded they'll get some money out of it like Shannon Watts did. And uh, yeah. this guy he, doing it in New York, he's not going to get anywhere. But if he goes into Florida and tries to do it, he's going to get a little attention. You think maybe he's just trying to make some money with this? I Yeah, I do. And I think he's going to get the kind of attention he's not ready for because <laughs> we, we kind of like our Second Amendment down here, Bill. Yes. Yes, I know. I know. I know. I, I know you do. And, We're not uh, fond of carpetbaggers either. No. You know, I didn't even think of him in that in those terms. But, I mean, that's... That's indicative. You, you could turn this whole thing into it. We don't mind you coming to Florida, but leave your politics up north, that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to see, uh, I'm sure you do see similar situations. In South Carolina, yeah, we see, uh, I mean, where it, it just depends on where they settle. Everybody that's blue normally settles on the coast or between the capital city and the coast, which there's some places between the capital city and the coast they probably don't want to settle. 
because they're sort of like <laughs> the Wild West. But they, you know, any, anyway, I saw that. I saw that email. I'm I'm on the email list. You can get on the email list by going to thegunwriter.substack.com or saf.org. You can join them and uh, see the investigative journalism that he does there. Uh, he is the lone investigative reporter in the investigative journalism project, which you ought to just call it. it it's not a project, Lee. You, you have done it. It's done. You, it's already it's accomplished. You've accomplished it. Anyway. Well, I'll take that up with uh, Mr. Gottlieb. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I will. We, we should get on a conference call with Alan and just uh, listen. Let's change a little terminology here, Alan, okay? And we'll buy you a new bow tie if you do it. I'll buy you the best bow tie I can find. <laughs> Check him out at saf.org. I know you're get, about to get ready to go on the road and everything, so happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, and I'll be talking to you. And to you and yours, sir. Take care. Thanks for yeah. the invite. Very good. Yes, sir. I always like it when the carpetbaggers show up, but uh, in any event, coming up next, this guy is not a carpetbagger. This, uh, this is homegrown just like me and you. Went to junior high school with him in Columbia, South Carolina. He's been my friend for 50 years, and he is the owner of Dewey's Pawn Shop. Dewey Lemons is going to join us at 2A Tuesday. We're going to find out what Dewey's Pawn Shop's got going on and the, the hunt that he went on. We'll be right back. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. I got two places I primarily go to get a gun. It's either going to be Dewey's Pawn Shop or sometimes Traders, but the same place, basically. Joining us now from Dewey's Pawn Shop, fresh off of his hunt, is Dewey Lemons. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing okay. How did the hunt Good. go? Good deal. Oh, it was great hunt. Great hunt. I'd never never really done a hunt quite like that before. I, it was out in Colorado. We were hunting mule deer. And these big old vast farms, you know, these guys, one guy, he had 1,500 acres. And you you know, you know, do a whole lot of glassing and you see all kinds of animals. But, you know, they're a mile away. You're like, right. I'm not going to get them. But it was really good. That's, that's where your, um, your, you know, your glasses come in good. You know, good binoculars, good range finders, and, and good spotting scopes. I, um, I actually took a, an extra spotting scope out there with me, a Zaworski. And the guys out there, they had one already, but it came in handy for me, too. You know, he... He stopped at the little local hardware store and, and bought me a um, a window mount. So I mounted it on the window, and I I got to look at everything just like they were looking at out there. It was pretty cool. I mean, you get to it makes a world of difference if you spend two hours sneaking up on something, and you know it's not near as big as what you thought because you didn't have good glass to see it. So those um, Zaworski binoculars and rangefinders, we got them in stock too. So I actually pulled I actually pulled stuff out of the showcase and took it out there with me it um works great one thing to point out you're very very you're very uh you're a very discerning scope guy i i, I took a, i had a gun up there one time and uh you were looking at the scope and it wouldn't focus with the diopter it wasn't working as good as you wanted it to and everything and i thought it was a pretty good piece of glass you're like yep this ain't worth much i don't even like it much at all you, you like a very sharp focused Good throw, all that other stuff. I mean, a, a decent piece of can't, glass. If you can't see what you're shooting at, you're making right. a mistake. You know, yep. you need yep. you need good glass. And, and, a, and a big thing out there, we would go out and, and watch um, elk at 5 o'clock in the morning. I mean, it's, right. still, it's still dark. But these guys, you know, they all got Zaworski 
binoculars and spotting scopes and everything, and they can see these elk, you know, on the side of these mountains, you know, in the dark. You know, it's amazing how good those things see and light up and everything. And of course, none of, none of the elk came down to where we were. We could get to them, but <laughs> but we we could see them. You know, we could stand there and drool. You know, we wish yeah. they would come down. But yeah, we 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 saw a lot of elk and a lot of mule deer out there. That was a cool place. But yeah, you got to have good glass. So you, you know, did on not, your gun. You did not. Uh, you did not get. You didn't uh, get Bambi there that time. No, no. I shot a mule deer. I shot a big okay. mule deer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got a mule deer. Um, we one actually one of the guys who lives out there saw it early in the morning and stopped by and said something to us about it. So we we spent the whole afternoon looking over the farm where he was and and right it right as the sun was going down, one of the guys said, "Hey, there he is! There he is! He's come was coming across the pasture on the back end of one of the pastures." And um, I I actually had to crawl under a barbed wire fence. I had my rangefinder, my Zaworski rangefinder binoculars around my neck, and I. And I went over there and tried to rest my rifle on the fence, and I couldn't. It was wobbling and wiggling too much. So I crawled <laughs> under the fence and didn't throw my binoculars, take them off or anything. And when I crawled under the fence, it just filled those lenses, slapped full of dirt and mud and everything. I couldn't believe it. When when we got down to where the deer was when I shot him, he said, man, what happened to your binoculars? But, uh, man, all we did was wash them off. I, I was fussing about them, but not. You know, I couldn't get my little focus thing to go in and out. It was right. packed, slammed, full of mud and dirt. But we washed them, took them apart, washed them off, and man, they were just good as new. Yeah. I mean, they they were great. So it, it makes a um, a big difference if you use good equipment. That makes a big difference. But, I can only imagine. So what is what's happening at Dewey's this holiday season? What you got going on? You got oh, something going man, on we got, for Black we got, Friday? This whole this whole week, we're there's no sales tax. No sales tax this whole week at Dewey's. Um, we're covering all your sales tax on everything from jewelry, guns, and ev- everything. Um, we still got some of the Ruger nine millimeter pistols for two sixty nine, and um, we got a lot of stuff. We really dropping the prices on. I got, you know, like I got a Beretta three and a half inch shotgun for, I think we got six eighty nine on it. So we we're really dropping the prices on a lot of stuff, and we're covering sales tax on everything. So I, when I was at Traders the other day, I stopped in there to buy some ten millimeter ammo. And um, I saw a whole row of Echelon pistols, the new Springfield Echelon, the Springfield Glock, as I call it. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, that's the new hotness now. Everybody's trying that. That's that's the new hotness. And you've got a selection of them. I mean, a, a whole shelf of these things at, in, yeah. at Traders. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that, that should be pretty good. It depends on what you – this this would be the time now to go and buy one of Dewey's expensive guns. That's true. It's a good time right now to buy yep. firearms because we are, we are covered up with inventory and we are trying to move it out. So, but, but yeah. now, what, what's what's going out the door the most right now? Right now, we're selling. Actually, today I've sold several rifles and scopes. Today's what we've been moving out the door the most. Um, I got a lot of customers out there right now looking at over and under shotguns. We got a lot of Beretta over and under shotguns that we're going to be discounting them. Um, and selling because I got so many of them in inventory. A lot of Silver Pigeons, Berettas, and 686s and 687 Beretta shotguns. Um, so that's. Um, what about the black guns? Pushing. How many black guns you got on hand right oh, now? Oh, we still got plenty of them, man. We, see, we can't never run out of them things. See, I tell you, I, I everybody. Keep pricing, I keep pricing them lower and trying to sell them lower, and we just keep getting more and more of them in. Yeah. This everybody should have one of these. I'm, I'm, yep, I swear to God. Yep. With, 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 with what's in the United States today. Everybody should have one of these things just in case. And 
you have them at all price points. What's uh, do you have the three hundred three hundred fifty dollar gun back in or? I don't know if I've got any of those back in or not. We have to check and see, but I, I know we got plenty out there in the five. We sold one yesterday for four ninety nine. I think we just they're selling one when I just came back here that five twenty nine. So we got we got a lot of them out there. We got all different kinds from PS PSAs to H and Ks to Colts. Got a lot of Colts and Ruger ARs. I, I don't. I don't know of a gun that you've ever sold that is uh, not a decent piece of weapon. To don't, don't do your guys take a look at them if they come in. They look sort of marginal. Do you? Oh yeah, yeah. If there's yeah. anything, if we think there might be something wrong with them, we'll go shoot them and test them out and everything. Yeah, we got two. We got two gunsmiths that work here, and if we have any problems at all, we'll we'll try them out and make sure they're right. One thing to mention is that uh, Dewey's uh, has a very impressive jewelry department. Uh, yep. You you cater you 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 do very well with jewelry. You do at least as good with jewelry as you do with guns, don't you? Oh yeah, we sell a lot of jewelry. It's 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 amazing how much. Um, I mean, you know, like I got guys come in, they'll come in and their wife left them, and they come in and trade their wedding ring for a gun. You know, we get lots of, lots of jewelry coming in. People people pawn a lot of jewelry, and they you know they get tied up and get busy, or they can't come back with the money, and they never come back. So right. you know we we. We clean it up, put it out for sale. And, of course, we buy a lot of new jewelry, too. We we have, I mean, half our jewelry out there is new stuff. So. And you had a Rolex guy come in the other day, didn't you? Yeah, we got people looking for Rolexes all the time. We get a good many of those in. Yeah. See, that's for sure. Dewey is a Rolex dealer. Not official, of course, but that's fine no, because no, they're no, official. I'm not an official and, Rolex. See, the, we have a lot of we have we get a lot of trade ins and a lot of used Rolexes in there. Yeah. But I mean, the thing is, you are you are smart enough, and you've dealt with these things enough to where you can tell the difference between the real Rolex and the duplicates that are out yeah, there. Yeah, we've been we've been messing with them for a long time. We sure have. Yep. Yep. So that's uh, somebody on the text line saying they love the Springfield SoCom 16. You have a couple of those, don't you? I think there's one out there. Yes, yeah. I believe there is one. I mean, we looked at that the other day. His, uh, it's, it's that little gun is a mean little gun to be a little old three oh eight. Oh, that's a whole lot of firepower. Twenty rounds of three oh eight and a semi-auto. That's a and a real dependable, nice, accurate rifle too. I I'm, used to shoot those guns a good bit. They're extremely accurate. Yeah, I'm being asked if you sell Keltec. I'm sure you do. We do have some Keltec out there. We sure do. Well, yeah. We got Keltec rifles and pistols. I think. Well. To you and yours, I wish a very happy Thanksgiving. I'll be coming in pretty soon because we've got to film some more, of course, because all of that's already already happened. And i got to get a thumb drive and give Trish all these videos. So tell her I haven't forgot about her. That's all right. I'll tell her. But, but yeah, y'all have a great Thanksgiving and come see us because we are having some great sales right now, moving it's, a lot of inventory. It's insane out there at Dewey's Pawn Shop. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Have a good one. You as well. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. For, for and uh, to uh, to the person asking if you can get a bolt a British three hundred three, give him a call on that one. As for me, Sweden is discovering something that all of Europe is discovering, and as Sweden goes, so does the rest of Europe. This is News Talk ninety eight nine, W O R D.
GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Let's go to the phones. Let's talk to Todd. Yes, sir. Uh, good morning, Bill. Um, listen, I, I've been doing heating and air for 27 years. I'm an eight certified sir, uh, master technician. Okay. Um, this thing that Biden's proposing ain't as easy as people think it is. Now, if you take out your gas furnace... That's 115 volts and 15-amp breaker, okay? okay? Um, the heat pump is actually the part that sits outside, which is no big deal. You ain't got to change electrical there. The inside portion is where we're going to run into a problem, what's called the air handler, because it is now 240 volts and can be anywhere from 40 amps to 60 amps and possibly two different circuits that you have to run depending on the heat strips. So if you have a finished house and the furnace or the air handler is up in your attic, and you're going from a gas furnace to a heat pump, you now have to have an electrician come in and pull a wire through all of your finished walls and everything else to run circuits up to run this thing, um, which would go, like I said, anywhere from a 40-amp breaker to a 60-amp breaker and possibly two of them for the disconnects upstairs, um, which adds a ton of money. I've dealt with this through the years over and over and over again. Now, I love heat pumps. Don't don't get me wrong. I love right. them. But you have to stop and take a look and see what's going on. And they just absolutely don't care. I mean, it, there's a how much would how much would something like what, doing all of that changing over? What what would what, what? And just give me a ballpark range. What would that cost a house that has a going from a gas furnace to a heat pump? What would that cost them all together? Just to get you know ballpark. Well, you, you you have your initial cost, let's say, um, to go from gas to heat pump, um, just for the unit itself and install, you're looking at $10,000 plus. Then whatever it costs to do the electrical, depending on if you have to have a panel upgrade, have to have a, um, a sub-panel installed, and what it's going to take to get that wire run from there. I mean, you're looking at anywhere from 1000 to I've seen – you know, $3,000, depending on what they had to do extra just to go to a heat pump. Right. And then, you know, your thermostat operates. You have to have a different thermostat because it is completely different um, than a, such as your thermostat, you'll, you'll have cool off and heat. A heat pump thermostat has cool off heat and emergency heat. So there's, um, how do I put it? It's as simple as changing it out, but it's way more complicated than that. Right. I mean, there, there's they, so much added cost. To it. When sorry. I was when I was stationed at Fort Campbell, I had a heat pump, and we had a really bad winter one year, and the heat pump froze outside. Do they not do that no more? I hope. Uh, they still do. There's what's called a defrost board on there. A heat pump's going to freeze up, but there's a defrost board. It goes to it every so often and says, "Hey, do you need to defrost?" At that point, it'll turn emergency heat strips on, shut the outdoor fan off, and turn it into AC so it actually warms up the heat pump. If it frosts over really bad, your defrost board is bad. No, they still do that, um, and it's going to do that depending on around here. Uh, it, it may happen some up in Asheville where I used to live. It happened quite often. Right. The further north you get, but, I mean, there's, a, there's an ongoing issue. There, you, you have a defective board if that happens, but, yes, it can happen, which is why the heat strips, the emergency heat, is important in a heat pump. Right. I said, there, there's 
it's as simple as changing it out, but it's as complicated as we got a lot of work to do here to do this. I mean, you understand what I Oh, I do. I do. I get it. Listen, I appreciate you taking the time to call. Thank you very much for yes, the sir, clarification. You, I, that's some good good info. Have a good Thanksgiving. And, uh, yeah, that was the good stuff. The, the thing I remember most about the heat pump was we had a really bad winter at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. I was living on post housing. I was living on the edge of the training areas where uh, all of the all of the companies were and everything. It was a beautiful place, except it had a heat pump that froze during the coldest part of the winter. And it was so cold in the house, we had, uh, let's see, I think my son was two or three. And it was so cold in there, we could see our breath. And he was sick. The place didn't have any any carpet. It was all tile all throughout the house. And that's the thing about, everybody's like, well, you know, I like hardwood, I like this. Carpet is warmer during in the cold now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So, uh, yeah, that's where I remember most about heat pumps. Whenever somebody's talking about, well, just get, let's just get, get a heat pump. No. Give me a gas furnace every day, all day, any day. I'm not, I'm not down for the heat pumps. The heat pumps have, uh, I, I just, there's just something I like about a furnace where there's, you know, fire involved and it's controlled and it's the science is in and all this other stuff. Just something I like about it. Sorry. Not interested in heat pump. Don't want a heat pump. Ain't, I'm never going to uh, imbibe in a heat pump. That was a cold winter <laughs> in Germany, in Germany. They didn't have, we didn't have the kind of, the heat was all oil-based at the time I was in there. They moved to electric, but in Germany in the 80s, they also embraced nuclear power. So elect, from going to, from oil to electric was good, but uh, never I never was as cold in Germany where it was much colder and much more wintry than it was in uh you know, Clarksville, Tennessee, Hopkinsville, Kentucky, where uh, Fort Fort Campbell's right there on the border. Um, that was the coldest winter I've ever spent because of the heat pump. I thought I was, you know, I thought, well, I'm moving into post housing now. I'm a sergeant in the U.S. Army. What could be better? I'm in there in the post housing freezing. I mean, freezing, huddling under a blanket. Didn't have a fireplace. If I'd had a fireplace, that would have been a whole different story. They didn't design them back then. I hope, hope they've knocked all of those things down. I hope they've knocked all of those things down. When we get back, we're going to talk about the gangs. Well, no, you know what? Let's talk about Black Friday instead. The Black Friday. Black Friday's coming. And, uh, you know, let's talk about the horror stories of Black Friday just because, well... It's coming, so be on the lookout for these things. Be, you know. I'll be back in just a second. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Black Friday. That's not something I do. I don't do Black Friday. I do not. I stay home. On Black Friday, I stay home. But I'll be here. I'll be here on Black Friday. So, But I'm staying home. <laughs> GS Plumbing Talk Line is 
905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Here are the top 15 nightmare stories about Black Friday as compiled by People Magazine back in 2020 during coronavirus time. Like, I saw an elderly woman steal an ice cream maker out off of a man in a wheelchair's electric cart. Number two, when I worked at Walmart, we had a fight break out over a bike. Fists were thrown and then there was some blood. Eventually, one guy got a hold of it and managed to get away from the crowd. He rode the bike out of the store without paying. Number three, someone punched a security guard in the face because they thought he was a customer skipping to the front of the line. Number four, I watched a woman collapse in hysterics into my manager's arms because we didn't have the exact model of cooler she wanted. Number five, a lady called 911 because we wouldn't price match with Best Buy. The police came and arrested her for misusing the emergency service. Number six, when I worked at Sam's Club, we caught a woman stuffing the inside of her pants with frozen lobster tails. <laughs> she would unpack them and throw the trash in a sack of tires that were on... Uh, in a, in a stack of tires that were on display nearby. Number seven, one of our male customers hit another male customer inside the head, upside the head with a crock pot. What were they fighting over? The crock pot. Both customers had to be dragged out of the store by police. Number eight, they tore down our mall's door again. Number nine, there was a sale. $1 for towels or something. This guy jumped into the towel bin and literally growled at anyone who tried to get a towel. He claimed them all. Number 10, Beanie Babies. They would toss the Beanie Babies from a bin on a table. And people were vultures after these things. I was about nine and an old lady grabbed a cat out of my hand. I stomped on her foot and stole it back. I was so proud. Number 11, people have been lining up for at least 10 hours. We had tons of things on sale and most people were trying to score deals on fancy electronics. Except for the first person in line. They waited all that time for the buy one, get one candles. Number 12, I worked one Black Friday at the children's place and I saw two ladies get in a physical fight about a size 2T jeans. It was last pair. They were six bucks. Not coincidentally, that was my last retail job. Number 13, I worked in a customer service at a grocery store and once had a customer turn a fully eaten rotisserie chicken saying they were bringing it back because it was bloody. One look told me and anyone else with eyes that the blood was strawberry jam. My manager still made me issue the refund with a smile because the customer is always right. Number 14, my first Black Friday, I was working at a Walmart. I was assigned to be one of the employees that would cut open the packages that contained our merchandise. As I readied the box cutter, I got shoved by a customer and I fell right on it, sliced my hand open. That's not a good one. Number 15, I worked in the woman's shoe department at Bloomingdale's. On one occasion, after I'd placed a pair of beautiful Ferragamo flats at a woman's feet, she accused me of being racist with how I treated her. She created a huge scene, shouting that I was discriminating against her for how I took the shoes out of the box. It made absolutely no sense. 20 minutes later, a co-worker told me that the woman created that entire scene because she wanted a discount on those shoes, and it didn't work. She got thrown out. Ferragamos are beautiful, but they aren't worth all of that. I used to... Uh, I used to deliver. Well, I, I was a route guy for 20 years. And on my route was on Woodruff Road. And on Black Friday, I would start my route on Thursday. 
I would start at Thursday evening, and at 2 a.m., I got off of the road. Because it was, it, I mean, it was absolutely a madhouse. And I, I don't shop that way. Who shops that way? I'm going to be here Black Friday. I want to, that's, that's your homework assignment. Who is shopping on Black Friday? I know there's some deals out there, but the whole thing with the whole Christmas shopping season, I mean, didn't most of this start back in September? <laughs> didn't, didn't all of this begin back in, uh, you know, the early fall or maybe like late summer? Did it begin in August? I mean, there's already, you know. I don't mind the Christmas season being long, though. I enjoy the Christmas season. I love the music, and I love all the old stuff. I the only the only thing that the only biggest issue I have is now I have a fake tree, and in order for it, and, and now they sell these things to make it smell like a real tree because I like I like a Fraser fir, and so I have to go buy the things that make it smell like a real tree, and they don't last very long, so you have to keep replacing them and replacing them. But that's all going to be on Black Friday. I will be here tomorrow with you. I will in about 22 hours. I'm going to do it all over again. And uh, the best part of it for you is that while you sit there, you are listening to News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. <laughs> 